buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Very excited today for today's guest. I've got Kevin Bartlett. Uh, He's a current successful cybersecurity sales rep who has gone through his own sales and life transformation. As a high school student, he started a lawn care business, worked 80 plus hours a week in college and began his sales career in real estate. He later transitioned into uh, medical device sales and finally found his calling in IT, more specifically cybersecurity sales. Kevin, welcome to Sales Transformation. How are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Colin. Yeah, thanks, man. I know uh, we meant to do this and, and something came up and we had to reschedule, so I'm glad that we're making it happen. Um, so just give us, you know, take us back to kind of where your sales journey started. Yeah. Um, so for me, like my sales journey probably started sooner than I ever knew. But with that being said, like there was no sales in my family. When I thought of sales, it was probably like most people who didn't have experience in sales was, you know, car salesmen. You really don't really (laughs) understand it as like a profession. So in doing so, like retrospectively, like I started selling when I was in like middle school, high school, things like when we would do ski trips, if I could get 42 people signed up and fill up a bus, I could get a free spot. So I would be the one hustling and grinding so I could get the free free trip, if you will. And I did that through college for spring break. And, um, but not until I graduated, I'd taken a few classes that I get my first real professional sales job in, in, in real estate working for a developer. Yeah. Okay. And what was that first sales role like? Was there, you know, no sales experience, nobody in the family with sales? Like, was it tough? So I think that's kind of been my nature. We'll call it like a rebel without a cause, like kind of like to pave my own path. Um, I like to work hard. I like to play hard. So in doing so, everything I learned from sales while in school was you kind of get to create your own path. And to me, that was exciting, but it was, it was uniquely interesting. I was at Clemson. We were at a career fair and I had no interest in real estate. Didn't, didn't pique my interest whatsoever. And my friend wanted to be a project manager. So I went to the booth with them and they asked me yeah. why I went to Clemson from Boston. And I told them I looked good in orange and I didn't get into Syracuse. <laughs> and I was really just being myself and joking around like a silly college student. And lo and behold, yeah. they had me come to Charlotte and interview, you know, within 48 hours and happened to be a good fit. So that was like by, by happenstance and by accident, I, I really fell into it. Um, I, quite frankly, had that creative mind. I wanted to create commercials and funny commercials on television. And that was, you know, my, my passion and where I thought I wanted to go until I fell into this. And I'm thankful that I did. Yeah. And so how long, how long were you in that first sales role? 
So I spent about four years. Uh, it was a company called Pulte Homes, uh, very, very large developer. Um, they had another aspect called Sun City. It was an active adult. So we were selling homes and creating lifestyles for people that were 55 and plus that had all the amenities at their fingertips. And I spent four years there. It was 100% commission. So right out of school, Ooh. I mean, you're you're living on ramen noodles anyway. So at the, hey, cool, I got health insurance now. So this is awesome. Like, uh, you, I worked every single weekend for the first four years of my life. Uh, I took one weekend off of a friend's wedding. And I remember the partner that covered my neighborhood sold like two or three houses. So I got $0 from that. I don't think I ever took another weekend off after that. Um, so it really was that eat what you kill, go after it. And um, at the end of the day, it was, it was one of those great experiences that I still have my license. I still am active in real estate, but more as a hobby. Um, I love real estate. I just don't want to be a slave to it. And, you know, working weekends now with three kids, I want to be there to go to games. And, and that was always my intent. And really the, the reason I left real estate was I knew at some point I was going to have a family and I wanted that family time. And so, so to me, time is the most important thing. And I had to create that change and actually step away from it for, for that re- reason. Yeah. And so sounds like initially it was lots of crazy hours. Um, but commission only. I'm always impressed. I've uh, been a commission only guy myself. And, you know, it takes a lot of guts to do a commission only. Uh, a lot of confidence, you know, that uh, not everybody has, right? Like, not everybody's for sales, but not everybody's for commission only sales. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go back, <laughs> but, but I'm <laughs> no, glad definitely, I did it. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, I think the person that hired me was no longer with the company when I graduated college. So I had the job. This is actually a really funny story. So a gentleman, Mark O'Brien had taken over the division and he kind of let go pretty much the entire team that was hired by the last guard. And he's like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I don't have a job for you. And I'm getting ready to graduate in three weeks. (laughs) And I kind of was sitting in his office. I'm like, you can't do that. Like I'm coming. I already have an apartment. You can't not hire me. You've already hired me. So we came to an agreement he said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you three months. And then three months, you're not here. You don't qualify. We'll both step away from each other. And obviously that led into a four-year partnership and journey. And he was a, an amazing mentor, an amazing sales leader, um, You know, helped give me that strong foundation that I've been able to build on. Yeah. What are some things that you learned from him in that first role? Yeah. So first was like, love your people. So, I mean, in our sales meetings, he would always say, And if you guys go to jail, if anything happens to you at two o'clock in the morning, call me. Like he genuinely cared about us as people. And like, you can feel when someone's real about it and when they're not. And, and Mark was, he was passionate about his people and there wasn't hiding that. I think that was number one. And the the second thing that always sticks to mind is um, people buy for two reasons, fear, fear of loss and a hope for gain and kind of understanding like the, the psychology and what goes through people's minds and, and, and kind of understanding that aspect. Um, and as I'm talking, I think of a third thing. He taught us how to continue to evolve. So one of the neighborhoods I was selling with, there was predominantly, there's a lot of people that practice feng shui. And I had no mm-hmm. idea what it was, but he continued to push me and challenge me, like selling to multicultural buyers and like understanding feng shui. What angles should the house be at? What, what are the addresses that people look like and uh, look for when they're doing that? So continue to evolve and push yourself to get better uh, no matter what stance or circumstance you find yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, really fortunate when people have a, a good, you know, sales leader from the start, 
you know, that, that actually really cares about the people and not just the numbers and the number or, you know, what you're producing or not. Right. Oh, come um, on. The numbers are always important. <laughs> numbers are important. But, yeah. but if you invest in your people, they'll perform better. No, I agree. Right? I, and there's a lot of this leadership of like more dictatorship. Right. And, uh, you know, cracking the whip and, and, uh, you know, creating a lot of stress in the, I mean, sales is stressful enough. Right. And, you know, put a shitty sales leader in the mix and, uh, and, and it's hard for a lot of people to perform. It is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it sounds like you've had some experiences in that avenue as well. Yeah, man. My first sales leader was like, here's a list of names. There's the phone. There's the script. Don't use the CRM because it doesn't work. <laughs> like, okay. You know, and you just, sometimes you just got to find your way and figure things out. Right. Like even, you know, all the sales training, all the sales scripts, whatever, like you got to find what works for you. You know, um, I think that's key, you know, is, you know, master what already works and then make it your own. And I, I subscribe to that. I, I know I look at you on LinkedIn and, you know, the thing you talked about recently was a LinkedIn connection without a, a note. And I think that's extremely valuable because it goes across the grain and I'm very yin and yang. I think it's right and wrong at the same time, but it's what you invest in and you, you become passionate about yourself. I think they can both work, but you got to find like what works for you and your comfortability and it allows you to have that confidence to push forward. So like, I, I think action is the, the number one thing for yeah. anybody to take away from anything is just do, just do. It doesn't matter if it's yeah. right or wrong, just do. Yeah. I mean, take action, test new things and always be learning, right? Being open to, to, to learning new things. As soon as you think like you got this sales thing figured out, you're in big trouble. Right. Um, and so that, that, that's the key, right? And like what works for Kevin might not work for Colin, right? Like we target totally different people. Um, like there's just so many variables to say like, you know, for going back to that example, like don't send a LinkedIn note send a LinkedIn note. Like you got to test what works for you. You can't just be following everything that, you know, the latest, you know, guru on LinkedIn is saying, like take what sounds relevant, test it, and then, you know, make a decision. Absolutely. I love it. Wow. And I love the idea of just trying different things too. Like, Hey, I've been doing this. I have some moderate success. Let's go try this and let's test it. And maybe I'll get some more success. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll create a blend of the two. And I think that's part of the evolution as we continue to, to push and get better and don't just rest on our lawyer laurels and what has yeah. worked for us and other people for years. And yeah. And then once you test it, like whatever it is, right, whether it's a new cold calling script or a new LinkedIn strategy or implementing video into your prospecting, uh, whatever it is, like if you see some success, right, then, you know, you kind of have something and then you can optimize it and improve it, make it more efficient, you know, change some things up, test some different iterations of it. Um, so, yeah. All right. So let's get back to your story yeah. here for a second. So after real estate, then, then, then what happened? Yeah. So I think like my, my journey is unique. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room, um, but I, I am typically forward thinking. Uh, I put a lot of like long-term strategic thought into my next moves. Um, if you spent time with me in college, you might not have thought that. And that was maybe the role that I played as you know the fun kid in college. But most 80% of what I did was was thought out, planned, and, and where, where does this lead from the future? And I'm right now in the middle of like a, a midlife crisis with three kids, three and under during a pandemic, trying to work with my wife working at home and, you know, going through those challenges and, and why am I alive and why am I here? Um, 
So I think that leads to like this next step is I, I identified that I want to have time with my family, but yet I wasn't married. Right. So like I, I didn't have a family, but I was always thinking of that. And th- this I'll go off on a slight tangent is everybody always says like, what's your why? What's your why? If you have your why. And I struggled with that for years because and I, and I, I hope other people can relate. And if there's one or two people, hopefully this resonates. Like my why, I always thought it was copping out saying your family. I'm like, that's such an easy response. Everyone says that. And I kept going back to my family, even though I wasn't even married. So I'm like, to me, my why was always my kids before I even had kids. And then therefore, like, but I still didn't understand that. So like, but that was what I would continue to come back to. And I I struggled for a long time. Like that's, that's not it. Like, what is it? And, And part of it is like, leading that process and leading by example. And this was the next step into that was I knew that that was going to be a part of my life at some point. And I wanted to set the foundation of me having my freedom of time on the weekends to be with them. And quite frankly, I had a a fair amount of friends that were in the medical field. Um, I didn't think any of them were much smarter than I. And again, this is confidence, maybe, maybe to, I always feel like I'm, can compete with anybody in the room. If you put me in a cornhole tournament with a cornhole champion, I would walk into that thinking I'm going to win and have no doubt in my mind until I actually lose and be like, damn, I need to go practice more. But I I have always had that, like walking into certain scenarios. And that was like, I can do medical and nobody wanted anybody that didn't have business, the business experience. And um, I went through challenges, just getting in opportunities at, at the plate and, and finally was able to get an entry level opportunity, took full advantage of that, succeeded. And through that, was able to get a job with a company called Medtronic being in the operating room. And that was kind of where I thought the pinnacle of my career was going to be and, and do that for the rest of my life. Wow. All right. So where does that, where does that, um, where does that confidence come from? Oh, I don't know. Um, I really don't. Oh man, come on. You got to give us something better than that. (laughs) Like it's weird. Like I'm probably the most confident, but also like the most, um, insecure person at the same time. Again, I'm very yin and yang. It's right. And it's wrong. Like I'm very confident, but then at the same time I'm sitting here and like, why am, why am I on this podcast? Like I shouldn't be here. You know, I'm just an average guy that goes out and you know, puts his shoes on the same way anybody else does. So it's, it's very, very yin and yang is the best way to explain it. So I always feel like if I'm going to show up, I'm going to win. That's just been my mentality. Um, I have the confidence, but at the same time, I have the humility to understand like I need to get better and I can continue to get better. And that's, I think what pushes me each and every day. So like, I, I, there's not a singular moment that, that I, that I can put that to. I've just been competitive. I've always been competitive. I can pick up a ball of sport and, don't always be the best, but I can compete with most people in, in most things. There, there's a few that, mm. that I'm, I'm not good at, like basketball, horrible. But anything else, for the most part, like give me a dirt bike, I'll go race, I'll go compete. Give me, you know, football, I'll go play. Um, give me cornhole. Um, you name it. Like, um, hmm. I mean, is there something that happened in your life that just like, you know, that, I mean, I know, you know, is there something that just – fueled that confidence, right? Like maybe it's, you know, something that happened in your life that was just, uh, made you feel like I can, you know, I can figure this out. I can do this. I love it. Or have you just always liked to challenge? So my whole life. So I grew up with a learning disability diagnosed at a young age. So for me, reading, writing, reading comprehension, or just things that just my brain does not process, right? Like 
I'll invert letters, wasn't diagnosed with dyslexia, just a portion of it of reading. So for me, I always succeeded in school because one of the attributes of people with learning disabilities is actually they have um, normal to higher IQs, but it's just the ability to process certain information the way that it's presented. So um, the time and effort that I had to spend to, to compete from a, a grade level, my sister was always very smart and still is always very smart. So she kind of led by example in the household. And uh, my parents always treated me as who I was. I wasn't put up to that standard, but that was a standard in the house. You succeed in school. You do well in school. We didn't get paid for our grades. It was an expectation and it came with a lot of work and a lot of extra help. And so I, I felt like I always had a, a chip on a shoulder or almost like an insecurity that, man, like, I wish I could read like you and understand that. I wish I could remember that. I wish. Um, so earlier in life, I say that that hurt me internally, but later on in life, it's become like a superpower. Like I recognize that I own it. It is part of who I am. And because of having to struggle and fight so hard to get the grades uh, and go through school and graduate with National Honor Society in high school, get in, you know, through my hard work, get accepted to Clemson University, graduate with over a 3.0 GPA and, and start my career. I, I think that's all an attribute of having to fight and scrap and my entire life. And same with sports. I think sports played a big, big role in that as well. Mm. So it's almost like, you know, you kind of had, you kind of had something to prove, right? Yes and no. Like biggest thing I have to prove is the mirror. So for me, that's, that's my competition. You know, the guy across the street, the person on the other side of the ball has never been my competition. It's always been me. I always want to yeah. win the, the wind sprints. I always wanted to be the scrappy hustler because I was never the most talented, but it was also to prove to myself, not to you, not to anybody else that, like, I know I can hang with you. Um, and I, that's still how I live my life and how I want my kids to live their life is look in the mirror. You're not competing with anyone else. There's a lot of things in the world that are going to distract you. And you're going to look at people's highlight reels and look at that mirror and be able to smile and, and make that person proud. And, and I think that's that's kind of what drives me. And some days I'm proud of myself and some days I'm not. But uh, we just get up and the good news is the sun rises in the morning and we get to start over again. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Um you know, I kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit overly confident myself sometimes, uh, just because of my own personal journey, you know? So I was curious, you know, what some of your experiences were, you know, I've been through, you know, some tough things, especially, especially growing up as a kid. And I share, I've shared a lot of this stuff. Um, but it's like my superpower. It's like, you know, stuff that stresses people out and freaks people out in like a business sense or as an entrepreneur or as a seller, I'm like, bring it on, <laughs> you know? Um, I All right. That. So, and, and so, so how did you finally land into it into cybersecurity? It sounded like you really enjoyed, you know, in the medical, you know, space right in there. Um, but then you transitioned, you know, it sounded like you thought like that might, that was going to be home. Like you, you know, thought you had arrived is what you <laughs> mentioned. Right. So how did you then make it to cybersecurity it? That's a great question. So I think sometimes your life brings you on a journey that you don't know where you're going and, that this is the prime example is as I was making the transition from real estate into to medical, I had a very short journey at a business to business company. And in that very short window, I had met a gentleman who was a successful salesman and I ended up going medical really quickly. He stayed there, had a tremendous amount of success. He then went into IT and then got into leadership and we'd always kept in touch. And gosh, we'd probably been a few years. And finally, we sat down and had coffee and kind of talked about the opportunity. And it was one of those reflective moments of, 
all right, what are my gaps now in my career? Where do I want to be in five to 10 years? Do I want to be in scrubs chasing OR cases and kind of doing this in five to 10 years? If not, and I want to get into leadership or where where are the gaps? And I felt like my gaps were around like uh, return on investment, total cost of ownership, executive presence and selling and enablement. And Brian Gatta was his name at, at EMC at the time. He was a leader. And, you know, he had the it factor as a salesperson. So when you're around him, he's polished, um, his scripts, his presentation, and, and had those things that I felt that I was missing. And he could have been selling like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I, I would have gone and worked for him. Uh, just because being around that, I felt like that filled the gap. And it just so happened to be into IT. And, and that's that's where I've then got into it, thankfully, because of the people and where I was trying to, to fill the gap. And that's now led me to where I am today. And there's no looking back now. This is this is where I'm designed to be for, for a long period to come. Unless he moves and starts selling peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> My kids' initials are PB and J, so uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are very sacred in this house. <laughs> uh, I love it, man. Um, you have, So thanks so much for coming on and tell your story. Really appreciate it. Lots of nuggets in there. Uh, any final thoughts? Where can people connect with you? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, like I'm not teaching anything, selling anything. I'm here on LinkedIn, continue to do what I do. Um, working for the company I work with, I do have a podcast that's really just a legacy for my children. Uh, I don't monetize it. I talk to people with two degrees of separation. Um, so for me, you can, you can always listen to that. It's called My Average Greatness. It's because I think average people are doing amazingly great things. And in 2019, yeah. I almost died. So that was my way if and when I die, it will happen to have a legacy and a message behind for my children to be able to listen to, or hopefully I can guide them through some challenging parts of their lives. So um, it's really the intent. It's a listener of three for my children. But if anybody wants to listen, hopefully you can take a nugget away from it as well. Yeah. Awesome, man. We will drop your LinkedIn and the podcast there in the show notes so people can get in your world, check it out. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And we are also listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop me a voice DM, and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.